So I got these like one inch wool socks for Christmas. And they're a pretty cool, pretty cool invention. Um, in fact, I was so warm last night that I started sweating. I had to take off my, um, I had to take off my my sweater. It was cold up here in in Georgia. It's, in fact, we're we're fighting through three days of rain. Um, so that's I, I talked to some family members who are still down in Florida and they've got 81 degrees and sun for the entire week and we're up here in 35 degree weather and and rain gotta admit it's quite quite the adjustment it's 4 a.m. I don't know if uh, I don't know if other people have experienced this but when um, the older I get the busier I get and therefore the earlier I have to get up. It's kind of weird. Like when I was, you know, when you're young, you're in college and you're, you know, doing stuff and you stay out late or you stay up late. At least I did. I stayed up late studying. I was kind of a homeschool college nerd. I carried that homeschool uh, elementary and through 10th grade nerddom all the way to college. And I was telling my kids the other day, I, I remember my first psychology test in college. I stayed up to like 1.30 in the morning studying for this thing. And I got a 98 on it. And I was mad at myself that I missed two multiple choice questions. <laughs> but what's up? How's everybody doing? Um, I wanted to... What I want to talk about, I want to talk about a couple things today. Um, I think the first thing I want to talk about is why cancel culture exists. Um, I think I want to talk about the Christmas story and Scott Farkas. Um, but yeah, I, I, want to, I want to explore briefly uh, the reason why cancel culture exists, and I'll get right down to it. Um, you know, if you think back, it's so there's so much news and so many events and so many quote unquote stories coming at us in the 24/7 news cycle, uh, which is exasperated by multi, uh, social media, that I think we often forget um, what's happened just in a two-year span, three-year span, and you know. I go back to that quote that I've shared before in Boys in the Boat when the professor from the University of Washington went to Berlin in 1932, 1933, and he came back and he wrote in the school newspaper about his experience, and he said that the one thing that stood out to him the most was how afraid normal everyday Germans were of sharing their opinions on, quote, even the most trivial matters, end quote. And starting two, three years ago, especially, um, that seemed to, a light bulb went on with media powers that be uh, gatekeepers um, who, I think they, they realized, hey, we can start to make more and more people afraid of sharing their opinion, even on the most trivial of matters if we begin to 
pick off, so to speak, um, some of the more quote unquote fringe people. Um, so there was a time, at least, there was a time where people started going after Jordan Peterson um, for his defense of free speech, um, calling him a, a proponent of hate speech for saying that he would not use language that the government compelled him to use. Uh, people started going after Milo, Milo, Yakanakawakawis, whatever his name was. Um, one of the most popular, popular meaning, you know, biggest audiences, uh, is that he was an openly gay conservative um, who what didn't fit the mold of what an openly gay man, I guess, should be. So he was canceled for uh, hate speech and being controversial. Um, and then I remember when Alex Jones was canceled and everybody was like, well, but he's crazy. It doesn't really matter. Um, and, you know, people who at the time said, hey, this is, a, this is a slippery slope. This is going to escalate quickly. They were like, no, it's not. And you'd say, well, if they can cancel... Alex Jones, can they not cancel someone else? No, no, no. He's just a loony bins. He's a tinfoil hat wearing nut job. Um, and you fast forward, and now we have President Trump canceled, or former President Trump. I just saw this morning that he started a uh, office of the former president. And I just have to laugh because it's like, it's kind of this, all of this whole thing reminds me, the last four years especially, reminds me of a real life version of Grumpy Old Men with Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau going at it over Anne, Anne Margaret, um, pulling different pranks on each other, trying to get back at each other. So every, you know, everybody on the, on the conservative side made a fun of Biden for having office of the president elect. <laughs> And now, now Trump starts the office of the former president. Um, it's kind of a clown show. Um, so it, it, it comes in degrees, and that's not ground. Ooh, groundbreaking, groundbreaking observation. It comes in degrees. It's like the crab that gets cooked or the frog that gets cooked. What's the story? If you put a frog in, in a hot pan, he'll jump out. But if you put a frog in cool water and slowly turn up the heat they'll boil to death at least that's the that's the wives tale that i've heard before um but yeah it's it's a it's a death by a million cuts it is it's a slow burn i mean there's all kinds of different uh phrases we have to kind of capture this idea that it starts slow and then escalates and then it can kind of hit that i remember in economics there's actually a a um demand curve that curls back on itself uh to where when it gets when it gets so out of control um the curve actually i'm sorry it's the supply curve will curl back on itself and when when demand gets too high for something uh the supply curve instead of just running at a you know left to right 45 degree angle um it will um it will curl back on itself and and i think that 
you know, that's kind of what's happening with some of this stuff is that it's escalating quickly. Um, and so it's made me think why and why does cancel culture exist? And it's purely because coward culture exists. Ooh, what a, what a phrase. No, but if you think about it, that's exactly why cancel culture exists. It's, it is because coward culture exists. And I think coward culture exists because we have largely become a group of people in America. I don't know about the rest of the world because I, I'm, not, I'm not part of the rest of the world as far as living in other countries. But I can only speak for America. I have observed, and it seems that my observations are accurate, <laughs> some nice little anecdotal evidence here uh, early 4 a.m. I haven't been using my ember mug this year so far because uh, it doesn't hold enough volume. That's the only downside of the ember mug. I think you get 10 ounces out of it, maybe 12. It's probably a 12 ounce mug. Um, might be it. Eight, no, it's not eight ounces. That would be a short cup from from Starbucks. That no, short cup was twelve ounces. Yeah, this this thing's probably twelve ounces. It just doesn't hold enough stinking volume. I need more volume in my coffee. So, as much as I love the thing, um, what I've been doing is I've been getting a um, either a travel insulated. Uh, like metal container and filling that to the brim or when I just want to use a mug I have this gigantic mug that I put boiling hot water into it and then I put that in the microwave for 60 seconds and so when I pull it out I'm essentially giving my soft genteel palms and fingertips uh, scalding third degree burns because the microwave turns it into practically nuclear waste but then I brew coffee into the piping hot mug and then it stays hot for pretty pretty long time which is kind of nice um but my observations are that cancel culture exists because we have um allowed coward culture to exist and coward culture results from a group of people putting popularity over principle and in my estimation that is clearly what we have done in the U.S. We have been, uh, at least for the last 20 years, we have been abandoning principles in order to be popular. And anytime a group of people, whether it's a middle school class or a college campus or a group of political leaders or an entire country, anytime a group of people abandons foundational principles in order to be more popular you are guaranteed that cowardice will reign and so cowardice creates a vacuum when you abandon principle to pursue popularity sure you might have some people become wildly famous and very influential and very popular but anytime you remove foundational principles age-old eternal principles it creates a vacuum and something has to fill that vacuum and my proposition to you this morning 
is that what fills that vacuum, what fills that void when principles are sucked out of a culture, the thing that fills that vacuum is a red-haired, yellow-teethed, coon hat wearing Scott Farkas. Her what? Her Christmas story. The big bully in the alley. That is what fills the void. It's a red-haired, yellow-teethed, raccoon hat wearing Scott Farkas. And that's what the media has become. That's what social media has become. That's what the cancel mob has become. They have turned into this nationwide monstrosity of a reincarnated Scott Farkas beating down people, so to speak, for having principles over popularity. And you go, oh man, well, what's the solution to Scott Farkas? Well, I'm not saying that everybody is an is a Hercules or uh, an Adonis. I want to say Adonis. I don't even know why I want to say Adonis. Who the heck is Adonis? I think Adonis is like a Greek world's strongest man. Adonis. It's funny that I have these references and I don't even know Adonis. Adonis was the mortal lover of the goddess Aphrodite in Greek. Oh, he sounds like Aphrodite I associate with being an evil wench. So maybe Adonis was a chump. Maybe he was, uh, maybe he was the fourth century BC's version of a simp. <laughs> but that's another example of cowardice culture reigning. Um, Mike, one of our sons plays Fortnite. Um, we have to. That, I think I shared with you. We have to wrestle the controller from his practically cold dead fingers. Um, but I got that locking mechanism to store uh, electronic devices in. That thing's amazing. Um, the best part about it is you can't hack the, the timer. So if you set the timer uh, for, you know, five days, you just got to ride it out. And if you don't want to, then you have to get out like a jigsaw and cut it open. The only, the only way that would be a better device is that if it was made out of like steel. So the only way you could get in would be to like pull out like an arc welder and uh, actually cut into it with, um, you know, molten lava metal. But as it is, you could probably just chuck it on the floor. But if you did that, you break stuff inside. So, but you could easily cut into it with a jigsaw. So it's, it's cool, but in my estimation, it would be better if it was, like, impenetrable. <laughs> anyway, we've been putting phones and controllers in there. Um, but I do remember, I think it was last month, December, that... Uh, our son mentioned that Fortnite or Twitch, Twitch, which which so happens to be Justin.tv from 2007. My kids were freaking out. They, th they think I'm such an old geezer. They're like, you don't know what Twitch is. I was like, boy, I stink him was using Twitch when it was Justin.tv. What's Justin.tv? It was this thing started in 2007 where the founder of the company Justin started life casting like every move and then it became popular because we became a, a, a culture of cowardly voyeuristic losers um, who had nothing better to do with our time than to just watch 
other people live their lives uh, in rather mundane ways. Um, but anyway, it became so popular that other people wanted to start broadcasting. So he, he, they developed technology for other people to broadcast their lives. Um, and I used it in like 2008, 2009 to bootleg cable. <laughs> Because there was a whole there was a whole subset of users who would uh, you know they'd plug in their Direct TV to the live stream, and so I was like, shoot, I, I can cancel all this stuff and just you just uh, bootleg off other people. So um, they would broadcast like you know the NFL channel. So I, why why need cable when I can go on to Justin.tv and you know watch some guys Dallas Cowboys stream from Frisco, Texas. Um, and lo and behold, it promptly got shut down by the copyright police, and rightly so. Um, anyway, so then Twitch Interactive bought them, and they they canned Justin.tv and turned it into Twitch. So for posterity's sake, um, to my kids who find these podcasts when I'm you know long gone and you're in your 50s or 60s, um, geez, hopefully, wait, if they're in their 50s or 60s, that would put me in my 70s or 80s when I kick the bucket. Okay, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm over, I'm over halfway. If you think about your life in, in terms of percentages, you'll probably have a mini, uh, life crisis. Um, but yeah, if you think about it in terms of percentages, like an iPhone battery, I'm under that 50% marker. That's about when you need to plug it back in. But but the funny thing with life is there is no plug back in to get recharged. Unless you want to talk about the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Stop mixing podcasts. This is about politics and economics, not theology. Oh boy, anyway, Adonis. Adonis. Um, oh, so yeah, Twitch, Twitch uh, I guess in December announced that they were going to ban the word simp. Like if you use the word simp, um, they would kick you off the platform because it was hate speech. And I was like, I don't even technically officially know exactly what simp means, but it sounds like it's a some spineless guy that has fallen head over heels for some girl who ignores him. That's just kind of what I thought a simp would be. It sounds like a simp. Um and I, f I think that's pretty much what it is. So apparently Adonis was the 4th century BC. Um, oh, wait. In Ovid's 1st century AD. Man, I wanted Adonis to be a 4th century BC. It just sounded better than a 1st century AD. Oh, no, it says in Ovid's 1st century AD telling of the myth. Um, he was conceived after Aphrodite cursed his mother Mira to lust after her own father. The Greeks were whack. The Greeks were jacked up. The Greeks were this, were the fourth century BC. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, don't, don't, don't question that timeline because it's probably wrong. Um, they were like the woke lunatics of Greek time. Greek land. <laughs> Aphrodite cursed his mother Mira to lust after her own father. And this is disgusting. It's like, what is that? That's incest. Go away, Greeks. Adonis and your chiseled abs and your 
disproportionately small male unit. Oh boy. I think that all Marvel, not Marvel, not Marvel comics, I think all Marvel models uh, must have like gotten out of an ice bath before the sculptors went to work on the block of stone. <laughs> it's like, holy smokes, talk about disappearing, shrivelly, cold. Like, come on. Uh, whatever. I'm, I'm now talking about Adonis's um, ch chiseled abs and a uh, marble unit. Um, ice water, that's all I can say. Oh boy, Adonis. Where was I going with this thing? Oh yeah, the simp banning. So, so I guess Adonis would have been banned because he was a simp. He was, he was Aphrodite's simp. Dude, the Greeks are whack. I don't even want to read about the Greeks. They're disgusting. Gross. Oh, but we can't cancel them because they promote all kinds of moral degeneracy. We can only cancel things that are that uh, promote good morals. There's no such thing as good morals. I'm a postmodernist. I have no reference point for anything. I just live in a whirlwind of meaninglessness and angst. That about summarizes a postmodern uh, woke weenie culture. They just live in a whirlwind of meaninglessness and angst. Um, so, yeah, so the media, politicians, um, the gatekeepers, so to speak, they're all just, they've become Scott Farkas. And they're just terrorizing the alley of America's hallways and social media waves and book publishing waves. Senator Hawley, he deserves to be canceled because he followed a lawful means to look into the integrity of election results. Um, yeah, they've become Scott Farkas, and they want to terrorize the alleys with their whatever that I don't even know if the other guy had a name. The little, the little like mini me bully who was kind of bullied himself by Scott Farkas. That's what it is. Scott Farkas is like is like uh, Zuckerberg and um, and Dorsey and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are like the little scrawny midget guy that just kind of sat there and laughed. Hey 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 hey. Um, and when the little guy does something that Scott Farkas doesn't like, then he slugs him in the arm and they say, oh, oh wow, that hurts, uncle, uncle. So yeah, you can't talk about cancel culture existing if you don't look squarely in the mirror and discover that the reason cancel culture exists is because, in part, you're a coward. Cancel culture does not exist if coward culture doesn't exist. And coward culture exists because we've abandoned principles and we have decided to pursue popularity with everything we have. Principles be damned. So shame on us. And I would implore us, encourage us, strongly advise us to tap the brakes on pursuing unbounded popularity before the entire culture jumps the shark and we accelerate from 1933 Germany 
where it is recorded that everyday average normal Germans were afraid to express their opinion on even the most trivial matters to potentially something far, far worse. And if you know your history of what happened between 1932 to 1939, that should alarm you. Now you're just fear-mongering. No, I'm not. I'm not fear-mongering. Um, I'm encouraging us to pursue principles, defend principles. Um, so what are the principles that I'm defending now? Uh, courage. You got to find some courage. So what I've done um, is I've just been ordering every manly book I can find under the sun. Um, I ordered The Worst Journey in the World, uh, which is the story of the failed expedition to the South Pole where like half the team froze and starved to death. Um, I ordered Endurance, another copy of Endurance. Um, the the uh, Shackleton's incredible voyage to the Antarctic where the boat got stuck in the ice and they were stranded for... Well, I don't want to ruin the story. You go read it. It's a great book. Um, great story. I ordered that for our boys. I ordered another copy of Man Votionals. You really are a misogynist. You don't even know what that word means. Um, yeah, Man Votionals is just a short, it's a. It's just a, a collection of all these short stories about men who did manly things over the years. You can't say that. We need weenies. Well, apparently we don't need weenies. Um, we, weenies are not just enough. You have to have weenies who espouse the quote-unquote correct ideology. Um. So there is that for you to chew on. Um, so yeah, you know, and I, and I think, so how is Scott Farkas defeated? Well, if you've seen Christmas Story, you know that Ralphie just snapped one day and just started wailing on him. <laughs> and isn't that the case with any bully? You're advocating violence. I'm going to flag this podcast. F at FBI. At Justice Department, he's advocating for violence because he he referenced a Christmas classic from 1982 called The Christmas Story where a little third grader beat up a fifth grader in the alley. So he's a threat to national security. Goodness gracious, people. Like, grow a spine. I've shared this story with you before. In, in elementary school, we had our kids take Taekwondo. And our approach to the elementary school playground is I green-lighted self-defense. I said, hey, we have this principle called self-defense. There's this thing called castle doctrine. That if someone invades your house, if someone invades your person, you are entitled to defend yourself. So... If And this is when Michelle Obama's anti-bullying campaign, which I think greased the wheels for the coward culture to really take off. Um, what do you mean? She's trying to be nice. No. Anti, that would be, only bullies advocate for anti-bullying. Because what anti-bullying is, is it says, hey, don't push back against a bully, but try to, try to grease the wheels and let them continue to bully you in a more politically correct way. That's basically what it's saying. So I was like, you know what, Michelle, um, not having any part of this, I'm going to stick to the principle of self-defense. So I told our kids in elementary school, hey, if somebody bullies you, you've got the green light to punch them in the face. 
If they physically assault you, you have the right to self-defense. So we took him to Taekwondo. Master White down in Tampa was brilliant. Um, his, his number one phrase was no crying on my mat. So if you got popped in the thorax and you started like tearing up and <laughs> sniffling, he would like get in your face and didn't care if he didn't care if you were three or 13, he'd be like, there is no crying on my mat. If you're going to cry, you get off this mat immediately. <laughs> I remember, I remember one time a mom, I might've already shared the story, but a mom came running out. Little Johnny got popped in the nose and like started tears welling up in his eyes and she came running out on the mat to def- like, oh my goodness. It was like that scene from Nemo where the people are like jumping, the little kids are jumping on the sponges and they fall off and splat. They're like, wah, and the moms are like, oh my gosh, he's going to die. Um, and so Master White uh, tells the mom, she got in her face. He was like, Rule number one is there's no crying on my mat. Rule number two is there are definitely no parents on my mat. Ma'am, kindly extract yourself from this sacred space of manliness and (laughs) non-wussiness. So that was our mantra. Um, So there was this one kid who shall remain nameless. Um, This is, you know, so our three oldest sons went through elementary school with that uh, green light. And, and I said, Hey, just, you know, if somebody, if somebody punches you, you've got the green light to punch them back. Um, and with all three of our boys, they went through K through fifth at that school and we never had an incident, an incident. And then one day I get a call and, and our youngest daughter, um, well, we only have one daughter, but she's our youngest, uh, get a call that she, um, popped some kid on the, on the playground. And I was like, ooh, this must have been justified because she would not. One of the principles is, is you, yes, you have the right to self-defense, but you don't, do not have the right to uh, provoke an attack, to instigate an attack. You can be a non-interventionist on the elementary school playground, um, yet still abide by the principle of self-defense. So anyway, I go to the school and sure enough, this kid who was a notorious uh, rapscallion, just, you know, no parental discipline, no boundaries, just a complete hellion, um, decided to start, uh, punching her in the arm. And she warned him, she said, don't punch me. Um, and I, according to the recounts of the teacher and the, uh, recess playground police and my daughter it appears that this kid punched her two or three times in the shoulder and she warned him um not to do that and after two or three warnings she hauled off and socked him in the face (laughs) and guess what happened he started crying and guess what he didn't do the rest of the school year Holy smokes, you mean he changed his behavior because someone wasn't a coward and actually stood up to him? Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Oh, goodness, people. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the reason that people are getting canceled all around you and the reason it will continue more aggressively if nothing goes unchanged is because coward culture exists. So look yourself in the mirror. Ask yourself, hey, Am I pursuing popularity over principle? And if that's the case, slap yourself. Punch yourself in the face. Say, holy cow, what a wiener I've been. 
You can't say these words. This is like listening to a 1985 Boys Playground podcast. It's just so inappropriate. You should be ashamed of yourself for using such grotesque language. That's actually what I'm referring to these people as is, 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 is woke weenies. They're mentally weak, woke weenies. So you don't like it. If you don't like it, listen to something else. I mean, holy smokes, do we not have... We used to just have this, this, this principle of opting out, changing the channel. You don't like what the channel is, is airing? You don't watch it. You think PBS is boring? You change it. You don't like the risque nature of some... What were the show with the channels back in the day? Like Showtime, HBO? You didn't subscribe to them. You think Howard Stern is a crass a-hole? Don't pay for his stupid radio program on Sirius or XM or whatever he's on. I mean, and I think that's just indicative of how weak we've become. We don't even have the moral fortitude or the mental courage or the character to just walk away. Hey, I don't like that. I don't agree with that. So I'm not going to give it my attention. How hard is that? Um, so yeah, clearly, clearly for all of you hasty generalizing um, mentally enfeebled lunatics out there, clearly referencing, what's his name? Not Randy, Ralphie. Ralphie from the Christmas story, standing up to a playground bully. Clearly, that's not a jump to an inciting of actual violence. This is a call to mental fortitude. It's an, called an analogy. Um, yeah, it's a call to mental fortitude. It's a call to uh, stop pursuing popularity and once again value certain principles. And you, you, you say, well, you keep saying this word principle, but what are you talking about? Well, the thing on the table with cancel culture is free speech. So the First Amendment, the principle of free speech is what I'm talking about. Um, holy moly. It's not just rain for three days. It's like a thunderstorm out there. Um, yeah, that's the principle that this episode is specifically talking about, is the principle of free speech. Either we believe in free speech or we don't. And if we're afraid to, to speak freely, in fact, there's a great, great Frederick Douglass quote. Hold on one second. I'm going to zoom over. Oh, actually, I don't have to zoom over I can because I've got a wireless keypad now. Wireless keypad? I guess it's still called a keypad. Frederick. Let's see if DuckDuckGo can pull up. I've, I've been using DuckDuckGo for a few weeks, and I love the concept behind it. Um, but I was so used to the Google results that uh, I'm, I'm still adjusting to the DuckDuckGo. Frederick, Frederick Douglass free speech quote. This thing is just on point. Watch, Snopes is going to fact check it and say, it's not a real quote because we don't like it. Anything we don't like is deemed false. Um, to suppress free speech is a double wrong. It violates the rights of the hearer as well as those of the speaker. And if that doesn't show you the moral 
intellectual snobbiness of the woke weenies in our culture right now. They think that you're too soft to hear, so they'll violate your rights to hear it. And if you don't realize that there's a two-way street there, as far as the the right to free speech is concerned, that there are rights of the hearer as well as those of the speaker, then you got another thing coming, um, whatever that means. Um, oh, how can you go from Frederick Douglass? These, these quote sites are so funny. Um, they go from like foundationally important quotes to like some Deepak Chopra the way to success is to first visualize it. Okay. Uh, well, that... Way to dumb down a grade. <laughs> so, yeah. the uh, Violates the rights of the hearer as well as those of the speaker. That's Frederick Douglass, which is another book I'm going to order another copy of. Um, because that guy was full of principles and character um so yeah we the, the so the principle in play here is free speech and the kind of mood of the day is oh let's all become scott farkas and uh forcibly silence people that uh, we don't agree with because we want to be perceived as being popular um, that is a recipe for cultural disaster. Um, so yeah, stand up for the principle. Stand up for the principle. Defend the right of the hearer. Defend the right of the speaker. And if you don't like it, tune out. Change the channel. But you should still defend the right of people to say things that you disagree with. And that's that's the rub, you know. I'm not I'm not advocating for homogen. I always want to say hom. I need to figure out how to pronounce this word. This just drives me crazy. Ha homogeneity, <laughs> homogeneity, homogene, homogeneous. I know that's the word, but what's the um, homogenization? Maybe that's what I'm looking for. No, it's I. I'm just going to spell it homogenetic. Hom <laughs> Language. Why do you fail me? Um, homogeneity. Homo. You said homo. You're a monster. Homo. Ne. Dude, there it is. Homogeneity. Yes, I did find it. Finally, DuckDuckGo's auto, autofill is not, not all that sophisticated. Homogeneity. Okay, that's what I was looking for. So I'm not advocating for the homogeneity of... Uh, click on Merriam-Webster, see if I'm even pronouncing that right. Homogeneity. Homogeneity. Okay. Not ne, not neity. Neity. Homogeneity. Ding! Um, I think I, sh I think I've shared my uh, failed attempt to learn Mandarin Chinese through Rosetta Stone. Um, maybe I'll jot that down and recount that on a later episode. So I'm not advocating at all for the 
homogeneity, homogeneity of uh, thought and speech. That's what the Scott Farkases of the world are advocating for. I'm advocating for pretty much as much diversity as the freedom of speech. How much, how much diversity could free speech chuck if a free speech culture could chuck free speech? Um, that's kind of what I'm advocating for. As much diversity of free speech and thought that you can possibly come up with with 350 million approximately people in our country, um, that's what I'm advocating for. If 350 million people want to have 350 million different opinions on a single topic, then so be it. That's the principle. This whole delusion that everybody must be funneled like a bunch of cattle into the appropriate um, thought barn is the dumbest pursuit that we could possibly undertake because dozens of other countries have tried it over the years and it fails miserably but free speech is dangerous hey um yes but it's it's safer for everyone involved than the forceful implementation of 100% homogenous speech. And if you don't agree with that, then I think you're suffering from cowardice and or you're not well-versed in history. So maybe stop clicking on Snapchat 784 times a day. Pick up a history book. Um, maybe stop just clicking through Instagram stories all day long and read something. Uh, I continue to hold out hope, um, but I'm telling you, the more I go through TikTok comments on my kids' accounts and things, I don't know. I don't know. You thought 2020 was bad. <laughs> so, yeah, the reason the reason cancel culture exists is coward culture exists, and the reason coward the reason we're a bunch of cowards is because we've given up principles in order to try to become popular, and that just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It never has worked. It never will work. And if you're holding out hope that oh, if I just get a hundred million followers, then I'm uncancel uncancelable, cancelable, uncancelable. Um, I mean, they the big tech effectively canceled the duly elected president of the United States. So, so it's like it's like the State Farm commercial. Well, he's a guy, so or she's a guy. So, um, yeah, it's it's a uh, yep 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 yep. You have to stand up for principle, not hope that you don't get swept up in the in the cultural nefarious uh, activities. And I think that's what everybody's hoping. They're just like, well, if I just kind of stay on the sideline, maybe I won't get maybe I won't get washed out to sea. <laughs> that, that is not a good survival strategy. That's a that's the strategy of a coward. Maybe if I just stay on the fringes, they won't notice me and I will be spared. That's a terrible, terrible strategy. That's the strategy of a coward. Have some principles, for goodness sake. 
Okay. That cup of coffee was cold. The last quarter of that cup of coffee was pretty miserable. I got to be honest. Um, there we go. I can scratch that off the publication calendar. Reason, cancel, culture, exists, mutinomics, 36. Scratch it off. Um, if you want to get more productive, get a, well, first off, get a four foot by eight foot desk like I got. This thing is amazing. Um, there's just so much workspace. The other thing to do is to get a ginormous calendar um, where you can just write down what I used to do is write, I used to carry around a, a three by five cards. So I have a huge stack of three by five cards and I just start the day um, by writing down things that needed to get accomplished. Um, sometimes the night before for the day, the, the day that was coming up. And then I just work through that three by five card, add more things, scratch it off, throw it away. And it was kind of refreshing for a while to not even have to think about, you know, um, logging it just hey i'm done with these things i can throw it away and then i didn't like it anymore because i couldn't really see it in the confines of time so well so last fall i i switched over to this ginormous i got the hiccups it sound like a like a wino drinking the drinking the appalachian hooch um anyway this calendar's been working way better because it confines you to time and what? What do you mean? We're all confined to time. Are we? Are we? If you, if you if you're convinced that you're confined to time, why are you wasting seven hours a day on on your phone and Netflix or more? It's embarrassing. Um, anyway, this huge calendar you can just pick a day and just bullet point out. So I can look back at all of January and go, uh, "Hey, check this out. This is pretty cool." Um, Anyway, there we go. I think that's Mutonomics 36. Why cancel culture exists. Don't contribute to it. Push back against it um, with just advocating for principles and not seeking to pursue popularity. Pretty straightforward. Have a good day. See you next weekend.